back, streets back. All right. Oh my god, we're back again. Oh my goodness, that is yeah. Welcome back to From My Home to Yours. I'm Matt. I'm Bernadine. And I just had a sausage. <laughs> he just had a sausage in his mouth, everyone. <laughs> it was delicious. Welcome back for episode 10, our first episode in double digits. We've hit one zero. We've hit one zero. Might be cheating a little bit because we had someone special on last week. Were you cheating on me with someone special? Yes. A lovely, lovely businessman from Kalani. He has the most glorious accent as well. We have heard that from multiple people. Many people have gotten in touch with us from the last episode to say, A, how useful the information was, and B, how glorious the accent is of John Healy. And they are not wrong. He has a beautiful, beautiful accent and voice. And dare we go too far down the self-referential rabbit hole. If you missed last week's episode, definitely go back and listen to it. But we had John Healy of Healy Insurances on from the famous Mary Doyle. Yes. He's offered a lot to expats and he turned out to be quite a, an insurance radio celebrity himself. Absolutely. I think he's become, become a bit of a, a pinup for the <laughs> insurance <laughs> industry, just purely by voice alone. Yeah, but it's definitely a good listen. You should go back and, and hear that if you can. We also teased at the end of the last episode that there was a collaboration we were going to be making with Healy Insurances mm-hmm. and we now have the green light to tell you a special promotion that they are doing exclusively for expats and repats through this podcast. Woohoo. Not bad. Excellent. So what we're looking at here is 50 euros off any new car policy that you take out with Healy Insurances in the month of August. And when you take it out, this means that you will engage them and then complete that whole purchasing process of the policy by the 31st of August. Um, and it's exclusively for people returning to Ireland or coming to Ireland. And as we know, it's very easy to get in touch with them and in particular, Mary, if you can, Absolutely. to get this stuff sorted out. So if you contact them and let them know of the promo code FMHTY50 and let them know that you're returning to Ireland when you're taking out your car insurance, then as long as it's before the 31st of August, you'll get 50 euro off that policy. How incredible is that? And also how awesome are heating insurances to do that for listeners of From My Home to Yours? It's unbelievable. We knew they were great people, but now we know that they're beyond great. They're like stratospherically good. Like, like we love them to infinity and beyond. <laughs> well, money always helps. It does. It does. But even just to do it is fabulous. So thank you so much, heating insurances. You're deadly. Indeed. So make sure you get in touch with them by email, info at healyinsurances.ie, or you can call them, which in fact, on our previous advice, we'd highly recommend a call as opposed to an email. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Irish country code plus 353-064-663-3344. That's 064-663-3344. And we actually have that information up on a post on our Instagram page which is FMHDY podcast on Instagram. So if anybody can't just quite grab that, it's going to be up there as well. So come come join us and take a look. 
and I hope you enjoyed our first stumbling through a promo code from a big... <laughs> I'm sure we'll get better at it, guys. But in summary, FMHTY50 for people returning to or coming to Ireland for a car insurance policy and 50 euro off. It's not too bad. Yay, Healy Insurances, we love you. We think you're amazing. Indeed. Now, we've got a couple of shout-outs mm -hmm. to make this week. Do you want to get us started? Absolutely. So, this is a person whom we have given a shout-out to before, and we could, in fact, give a shout-out to every single solitary episode. It's friend of the podcast, <laughs> Maria. Um, well, it's actually Maria and Shane, but I want to give a particular shout-out to Maria as she is just amazing. She promotes the podcast every single episode and she's just so good to us. Um, I know that listeners will remember us shouting out Yasmin, our gorgeous friend Yazzy in mm -hmm. Melbourne, who was just there for us till the very, very last minute of leaving. And she's still there for us now. Maria is the Irish Yasmin. <laughs> she's just incredible and she's so helpful for everything. And she's always looking out for things that can assist both of us as a couple or separately. So thank you so much, Maria. And also thank you, Shane. Um, we love you guys. We think you're amazing. Thank you. And you deserve to stand up on your own there. You have been a, a big support for the podcast. But we wanted to mention as well that Lucia from Crosscare Diaspora got in touch with us earlier this week. And they're doing awesome stuff over there. Like we said in previous episodes, you should check them out. At the same time, there's going to be some cool stuff that we'll be doing together with them. Absolutely. And so. yeah, Lucia was just gorgeous to talk to. Really supportive, really kind, really friendly, really mm. keen. Yeah. So keep an eye out for that. And if you haven't yet, go and check out their or soon to come website. I think it was. Correct. Yep. Still but getting but stuff we can go. we can connect to their Instagram on our show notes. So you can go and take a look at their Instagram page and get across what Crosscare does if you don't know already. Perfect. So we didn't have the opportunity in the last episode as we were very keen to get into the interview with John. Uh, we didn't get to mention the fact that we have achieved now over 1,000 downloads, which mm -hmm. is pretty amazing. So we achieved over 1,000 downloads in eight episodes. Yes. So now we're over 1,300 in nine mm -hmm. episodes. So we are so grateful to every single listener, every single subscriber, Every person who has put something up on social media or has spoken about the podcast or has maybe shared an episode with somebody else. We also want to really thank Mary Doyle from Healy's who put up a lovely post about the episode to do with Healy Insurances on um, Irish Expats, the Facebook group. Um, so yeah, so thank you everybody. It's a pretty small podcast in terms of it's just the two of us. Matt does 95% of the work. I mm -mm. sit down and talk and I put up nope. a few things on Instagram. Nope. But um, it's great to have so much support and to, yeah, to just get such positive feedback. So thank you, everyone. Well, it's going to keep going up. And something that we've actually not done in previous episodes is told you how you can share the podcast if you do want to share it with more people, which, of course, we'd, we'd love for you to do. That's a good point. Yep. So maybe your, your challenge as a listener this week is to just to tell someone who might be interested. doesn't have to be 200 people, just one person. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you are enjoying what you're hearing and you want to give us a review, five stars, five stars only. If you want to give us a review uh, of, I would say, the number of stars that maybe makes up the fingers in one hand, I'm just putting that out there. Just, uh, Is that four stars? No, it's definitely not. No, it's definitely not. Oh, so digits. Yes. 
All right, pedantic Pat. All right, pedantic Pat. And that is that. Sorry, four fingers and a thumb. I do apologise. That means five in total. (laughs) Jesus. Um, But we got a beautiful review this week, which honestly, every time I read it, I've just been giggling away to myself. So we would love it if, if you're keen to write a review or to give us a rating. That would be really helpful as well, because it means that other people can discover us when they're looking through podcast offerings on their podcast platforms. That would be great. Please and thank you. You may even get a feature on the Instagram if you uh, post you post a nice review. Absolutely. And if you don't post a nice review, we will just um, pretend it never happened. Oh, we'll feature it anyway <laughs> and have a laugh. Maybe we'll stick it to a dartboard and throw darts at it. Maybe we could do that instead. <laughs> Maybe. But in any case, thank you everyone for the thousand downloads that you've uh, thrust upon us so far. Mm. We're looking forward to the next 10,000. I love a bit of thrusting. Yeah, thrust your download at us, (laughs) if you can. Oh God, sorry everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. So we are now here over one month. We're actually here over five weeks at this stage. What have we learned, Matt, or what is striking you uh, as things that have stood out to you over five weeks in to our time in Ireland? Well, the the biggest thought that we've had in discussions is that we've accomplished a lot. Absolutely. um, Some of you might be listening to this and reflecting on your own experience, perhaps that it took way longer to get stuff done. And we definitely expected it to take longer than this mm-hmm. for us to, to tick off as many things as we have. Mm-hmm. So getting the car upcoming in the episode, we're going to be talking about rentals. We've settled in mm-hmm. pretty much. I've signed my contract for my new job. Yeah. We've talked about a bunch of different things that we've managed to do. We've gone on a couple of holidays already. Yeah. Done two holidays in five weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Not long ones, but like still. Enough. Beautiful. Like yeah. you got your residency cards, which we hadn't had in the last episode. I did. Yeah. Um, I've learned more about the PPS than I'd care to know. Um, and the tax system. The tax system as well. Yeah. Yes, that will be a fun ongoing journey, as as I'm sure you're all aware as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, we've, we've just done a tremendous amount in five weeks that we didn't expect or that we expected would take pretty much up to, you know, the start of September. Yeah. Even just for us to lock something in. Yeah. So we've been incredibly lucky. Yeah, I think luck is a big part of it, definitely. I think the way that things have lined up has been incredibly lucky. We did put in a fair bit of groundwork for some of it, but for some of it, we couldn't actually put in any groundwork until we were here and just things seemed to be lining up in a very fortuitous fashion, which is which is wonderful. But I know it's mm. not necessarily the case for everybody and that, that makes things tricky. The car is definitely something that you can kind of get started early enough, yeah. but like not being in the country, but you kind of have to know people in the area. I think based on the last episode, talking about Healy Insurances, that it's probably a good idea to talk to someone about the vehicle. Yes. If you do have a chance to do that. And same with the rental as well. That's going to be easiest on the ground. But something that we can probably recommend to as many people as possible is to start planning as soon as possible and get ready and tick off as many things as you can in order to get prepared and Make sure you're not doing everything at once as soon as you land. Yeah. And the fact as well that one thing that worked in our favor, I think, in that way was we would do our day at work and then we would come home. And certainly from Australia, the day in Ireland was only beginning. Mm -hmm. So we could 
write emails and make phone calls at the end of our workday, which was actually the beginning of the workday in Ireland. And the other thing that worked in our favour, certainly from Australia, again, can't speak to other places, was with I was a pay-as-you-go customer in Australia, but I had hundreds of minutes that I could use to ring anywhere in the world. It's not the mm. same, unfortunately, with Irish credit pay-as-you-go here. But So I could make phone calls to everywhere, essentially for free, which was brilliant because we were able to ring the Irish Garda Station, Healy Insurances, places like that without it costing an absolute fortune. Um, mm. Whereas when you're here to make phone calls back to the country that you've been living in or back to your home country, in this case, Matt, uh, it can be impossible or extortionately expensive. I can't make a phone call to Australia unless it's through WhatsApp or something like that on my, mo- my mobile currently. Mm. Yeah. And actually, that's probably something we haven't really talked about so much yet, what we had to wrap up in Australia, like all the things that we had to do for that. We would have briefly glanced off it maybe, yeah. but when you mentioned the calling back to your home country being expensive mm-hmm. in Ireland, mm. means doing all the things that you would be required to do in your country before leaving Yes, is important to do before you leave as well, because yeah. it's going to be the most convenient. Like for us, it was... Uh, halting our health insurance, yeah. Uh, contacting superannuation to make sure again, again, that's an Australian thing, but yeah. superannuation to make sure that that was all sorted out. Yeah, informing our jobs as soon as possible to make sure we had the leave we needed. Yeah, because that was required of our jobs. And letting the government know that we won't be in Australia for voting purposes because you can be fined if you don't vote in Australia, and so yeah. that's something that you can actually pause for a year without mm-hmm. being fined. And that was something that we were keen to do because you just don't want to don't not want to have done something that you didn't realise that you were even meant to be doing at a certain time. And as inconvenient as it feels in the country, sometimes having to make an eight-hour round trip to Dublin and back. To go to the embassy. To be able to submit your Australian vote mm-hmm. in a country you may not be intending to live in anymore mm-hmm. is an interesting one. And then sorting out your bank accounts, yeah, potentially wrapping up your tax, all that stuff, doing that before you go can save you a lot of hassle on the other end of the world yeah. as well. And even even with all of that organisation, there can still be things that come up and that might actually be something that we speak about in our next episode is some of the snafus with banking. Because if you change your um, phone over to Google Play in Ireland, it means mm. that you don't have access to your Australian banking apps. Now, I'm not sure about other countries, uh, but we purposefully haven't changed to Google Play in Ireland we're still keeping it under Australia, but that means then that we can't get access to certain Irish things. So these are all things that we might delve into more deeply in the next episode. Definitely. That's that's my area of things. I think I'd love to lead that discussion because yeah. it's a thing you don't think of when you travel to a new country, you expect everything in your phone to be the same, Yeah. but there's a different store for Ireland, at least on Android phones, Apple store might be different and easier to deal with, but on the Google Play Store, there's things we can't even get because we're on the Australian store, like the Tesco uh, Club Card app yeah. and the Dunn Store app and yeah. all those types of things. But we have found a little way around it, guys, that we can help you with as well. Um, but we have found a way to get access to all those Club Card points and everything without actually changing our Google Play location. So that's something that we can um, give you a little tip on in the next episode. So I think the five in the five weeks that we've had, we've gotten a lot of stuff done. Yeah, because we did so much so early. Yeah, in the lead up. Mm. How are you feeling five weeks in, Matt? Like, how are you feeling about being in Ireland after all the prep and all the talk and all the the thinking and? Well, I'll admit, I'm still frustrated by the PPS 
Um, <laughs> that's that might come up later in the episode too. It's there are a lot of rules, laws, functions, and processes in Ireland that are difficult for people to backflip through mm-hmm. if they are getting started as a new resident of the country. Mm-hmm. I would say those are the frustrating bits that make you think not that you want to go back, but like how hard is it to get this stuff done? But yeah. it's it's easy to forget how hard it was or how easy it is being a citizen of a country and growing up in it and all those things happening over the course of 10 to 15 years mm. when you're trying to do them all at once mm-hmm. and mm. transferring these things from another country, it can get frustrating. But that's been the frustrating bit. Mm. The rest of it has been glorious. I mean, I started the podcast with a sausage. Sausages are- Delightful. <laughs> I can't, even if I actively try, I cannot go two days in Ireland without a sausage. Um, it's incredibly relaxing. It's quiet. The pace is slower. Yeah, which very is much. Very nice. Uh, there's new opportunities that I'm thinking about exploring here while I while I get my legs under me, and like we, we work well together. Yeah, most of the time. Yeah, but I I say all the time. Yeah, but you know, ninety nine point nine percent. Yeah, you always got to have a margin a tiny error. room for error. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think here, like you're more relaxed. Yeah, and definitely. feeling the slow pace perhaps than not feeling the pressure. Yeah. Would you say that's Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair and I think I I do think obviously there's elements to this that could like that will and that could change like the fact that I'm not in work at the moment and that I haven't started in the new school that's probably got a lot to do with my feeling of calm because over the summer holidays when you're in a school you have a lot of work to do to get ready for the next school year and I will be ramping into that in the next month or so but if I was on school holidays from Australia, they're only six weeks in, in, in summer in Australia. So it means that you really have two weeks, then Christmas hits, then New Year's hits, and then you're like, oh God, I better get ready to go back to work. So you're like, it's very kind of rushed and pushed. Whereas mm. here, having the long summer break, having time to settle, having time to kind of get our feet under us has been really helpful. And I haven't, I purposefully haven't thought about the new job because I thought, no, I'm going to give myself a couple of weeks at the end of the summer to get into all of that. But for now, I just need... To maintain some equilibrium in my heart and in my body because my sleep was so messed up for months that mm-hmm. I just need my body is like I need to just get back on track and I feel like that's happening. Another thing that I'm really enjoying is just the fact that I think, oh, I must tell mom that and then I just walk into the house and tell her mm-hmm. or, oh, I wouldn't mind to spend some time with my nephews and I just walk down the lane and spend time with them. So having everything on the doorstep, having everybody in one footprint is is just, yeah. It's indescribable. Like it's, it's not something that you realize you're missing because you, if you can't afford to miss it when you're in Australia because it will make you too sad. Or that's kind of how I used to be anyway. I used to think, right, well, you're not there, so there's no point in getting, you know, pulled into a, a vortex of being sad about it. You just have to get on with the life that you're having here. And sometimes, obviously you kind of get a bit homesick and you allow yourself to wallow in it for a while. But yeah, just trying to make the most of what's happening right now, right mm. here. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty great. But it's cathartic too. Yeah. That, that you've been 13 years without your family for longer than two weeks at a time. Yes. In any one year. Yeah. Give or take a COVID pandemic. Yeah. We're not, we're in a new, well, we will be in a new place yeah. with meeting new people and some that we know already, yeah. but not many. Yeah. But here we don't have a chance to feel like we're on our own. Yeah, yet. true. Because we're with 
I, I call it the compound that kind of flew off into its own thing. But it's turned into a thing. Because, yeah. because we live so close, in close proximity with pretty much your entire immediate family. Everyone, yeah. And yeah. we've got visitors coming in every so often. Yeah. Not, not new ones, but no. the regular ones that, yeah. that would come here regardless of our presence or not. Yeah. That kind of activity, while for us, yeah. having lived in our own space and not being, not having people over very often. Unless we kind of say, do you want to come over? People don't yeah. really drop in in no, Australia necessarily. Yeah. Anonymity, but you know, knowledge of one's presence, yeah. I think is the thing in Australia. Whereas here, it's it's like, you know, someone gets home and wanders in and it doesn't matter if you're having dinner or what, but yeah. you just have a chat and you'll find it's an hour and a half later and you've dropped a tea and yeah. you're caught up on the day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and it's very much just like an Irish way of doing things. And yeah, it's, it's very different from life in Australia, that's for sure. But there's something, yeah, there's something just so lovely about the kind of ease of it. Mm. Which, yeah, which is very enjoyable. And it's also, we're making the most of it because we won't be in the compound, um, you know, for, for the next couple of months. Like it'll be, we'll be here, but infrequently it won't be every single day. So that's why it's good to kind of make the most of what we're going and experiencing right now. Again, we're fortunate to have the ability to relax into the three month teaching break because yeah. we came at just the right time for that. Exactly. And yeah, just be able to do our own thing and, kind of relax into things a little bit. Yeah, it was definitely the timing of this movement was was vital to how things are are going. And I feel like it was, you know, and a lot of people will say, don't move back to Ireland in winter, like try and make sure that you get back in summer just because the long days, the, you know, the chance of some good weather kind of obviously helps you to feel a little bit more positively. Then as mm. you go into winter, you're sort of more able for it, having had the long summer your your brain can deal with the the darker, colder, wetter days, you know, when you've had the the mental capacity for it after having those nice long summer days. I'd argue that the Irish winter in December feels like an ice pack in a forty degree day in Australia. So <laughs> Australians feel free to move from <laughs> Australia in those summer months because it's great. From frying an egg on the footpath to actually and branding yourself with the this the metal of the seatbelt and burning your hands on the steering wheel to actually just settling right in. To cracking a fried egg on the footpath and sucking on bits of it as you walk down the street. Ew, ew. Hey, you went there. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that Matt has gotten brilliant at is recognising county names from number plates. So we have we have an ongoing <laughs> geography lesson <laughs> taking place. Yeah, that's that's a really fun game that uh, if, if you get to go out for a drive, yeah. can help you get to know the different counties in Ireland as well. What do you want to do? We want to play for Longford? No, you want to play county. Oh, we're playing counties. <laughs> Count the counties. <laughs> How many counties are there in Ireland in total, Matt? Oh, God. Well, I don't know. I know there's one at a time and I can, if you give me enough cars as there are counties, then I'll be able to tell you. <laughs> That's okay. That, that thus concludes our geography lesson for this episode. It will continue in future lessons. We also may or may not have inserted the Republic of Telly. If you don't pull your weight, you won't make the team. You won't make county. Do you want to make county someday? Yeah. Mm? yeah. You want to make county? Yeah. Say it to me. What do you want? Make make county. One more time. I'll make county. Good. Hold a few spreads over there, will you? What do you want to do? Play for county. No, you don't want to play <laughs> for county. What do you want to do? Put the messages in the press. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to do, Mandy? Play county. Play county. I want to play county. <laughs>
what you want to do play comedy (laughs) (laughs) the other thing uh, that Matt is excellent at but he's definitely been doing a big refresher course on is the different country salutes that you have to give to other drivers in the car when you have to like pull into a hedge at the last second uh, in order in order to let another car pass Uh, Matt's gotten very good at the different salutes if it's just like one finger up from the steering wheel four fingers up from the steering wheel a full on hand up hand facing backwards well look I, country waves i'm glad it's all right because i'm kind of making it up as i go along i think some of the so are they matt so are they oh great that's good to know in that case i am integrating well <laughs> so you're practically a local it's a great day for the parish to have you here it's a great day for the parish <laughs> love it love it now what do you want to do play county well done excellent, excellent. put the messages in the press you ever put the messages in the press for god's sake so matt we are as per usual drinking tea today and what tea is it that we are drinking today uh, I believe it is the tea tonic dark chocolate and black tea. That's the one. We are very much enjoying our delicious tea tonic tea. And as you know, we are huge fans of tea tonic and uh, tend to veer towards them for all of our tea needs. Please, God, everybody out there has been able to use the promo code to get some money off their tea as well. Mm-hmm. And just to a reminder of what that is, if you wish to order from tea tonic, they are based in Australia but they do international shipping to anywhere that you would want to receive tea. And their code for listeners of the podcast is FMHTY20. That's FMHTY20. And you will receive 20% off orders over $40, 40 Australian dollars until the 31st of August. So you do have time to order. Please see what you like, order something nice and enjoy it while you listen to the podcast. If you enjoy recommendations. The dark chocolate and black tea and the French Earl Grey are two of our favourites. Absolutely. They're ones that I've ordered and reordered consistently over the years. And I have to say, they come in these beautiful tins. Like I've never hidden the tins in the cupboard. We've always had the tins out in the kitchen wherever Mm. we've lived so that people can see them and enjoy them because they just are quite pretty to look at as well. So it's uh, aesthetically pleasing and it's also pleasing to the mouth hole. Loose leaf, bags, chuck it in some hot water. Absolutely. And chuck it in your mouth hole. Absolutely. Get it in your goblet. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Enjoy. Well, we've done a couple of things since our last episode that we sat down and had a chat. And one of those things that we have done is we had anybody who's on Instagram on our FMHTY podcast Instagram page would have seen lots of photographs that were uploaded of our wonderful little trip to Clare that we had for four days with my mum and dad. Which is a popular uh, getaway for a lot of people. It's kind of in the Australian or at least the Victorian context. It's like going to the Mornington Peninsula for a holiday. It's probably the same distance away depending on where you live. But yeah, yeah, it's just a a beach getaway. Yeah. And it rained almost every day. Absolutely. It was bucketing. <laughs> but it was also the drive, like you were saying, was a bit like driving the Great Ocean Road, like the kind of yes. narrow paths and windy roads and getting stuck behind cars and buses doing particular speeds and maneuvers. So many buses, so many buses. But Bill Whelan kept us company the whole way down there and the whole way back. We listened to the Road to Riverdance, Bill Whelan's book, um, after hearing him at the Hinterland uh, Literary Festival in Kells. And that was brilliant. Mm. Very enjoyable. Yeah, he's an excellent storyteller. So it was a really good way to to listen and to, to keep us company on the way down. But Obviously, there's a lot of people stop along the roads in County Clare to take photos of the burn and of the sea and just of the general vistas. And <laughs> I just kept saying to Matt, oh my God, we're in magical, mystical Ireland. 
Now, that is not in any way, shape or form me taking the mick out of Americans because I lived in America and we have family that live in America and we're very much have very strong connections to America. But there is this kind of, you know, breed of of tourists who sort of feels like going to these kinds of places is connecting with, you know, the the sprites and the spirits and the leprechauns and the, and the fairies of Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> They're taking photographs and you're like, it is beautiful, but also you do realise that leprechauns are, are, are a lovely idea, but they're not a real thing. You're not actually going to come across one if you take a photograph of like a, you know, a lovely tuft of grass in the middle of the barn. Well, it's just fortunate that there was never a, a rainbow while we were in Clare. All the cars would be piled up in a referencing a previous episode, an abandonment of cars. There still was a lot of abandonment of cars as there we was, were driving along. There was Jesus. enough of that anyway. Yeah. Plenty. But it was really special to be able to take you down to County Clare, Matt, and particularly mm. to a specific part of Clare that I have gone to since I was a small child. I went there every summer from I was six years of age up until I went to Australia. And a lot of the people who would go every year were also in Clare at that time. And Mm -hmm. I kept musing on this idea, which I didn't actually speak to you about, but I kept musing on this idea of penguin pebbles. So penguins, uh, when they find somebody that they love, they present a particularly nice pebble to them. Uh, When they find a penguin that they love, I should say, not a person, but they present them with a pebble, which is like a, a, a love token. And Mm. if the other penguin likes the pebble, they keep it. And it's sort of like saying, hey, I really like this and I really like you. Do you really like this? Because I really like you. And if they take it, they go, yeah, I really like this and I really like you. Uh, And so I kept thinking this trip to Claire was like me presenting a penguin pebble to you, kind of going, this place matters to me and and it's important. Does it matter to you? Do you like it also? And you were like, I like it. And I was like, that's good because I like you and I like this place. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like a little, even though we're married. Yeah, I'm, glad we, I'm glad we got this far and we didn't do the pebble yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you giving me an engagement ring was sort of like presenting me with a penguin pebble. <laughs> do you like this? Perhaps, I like this. <laughs> more of a less figurative version of that, perhaps. But oh, look, it was, it, was, it was a great place. And fortunately enough, there was a few people that I got to meet from your uh, historic times in, in that particular location yeah. in Clare. And it was great conversations. There was bit of banter. But no, we had we had great fun and met people that I haven't seen since I moved to Australia or since I moved away. And mm. it was really bizarre to see so many people that I knew growing up as kids with their own children. And just obviously, we've all gotten older and obviously time has changed. But to see some people with children who look exactly like they looked when they were children is really odd and wonderful. But yeah, it was just a very special experience and it was great to get to go away with my mom and dad. Mm. We have done two. Well, we did one proper holiday with them in Australia where we went down to Port Ferry yes. with your parents and my parents, which was awesome. And then we did one night of our mini moon in Galway <laughs> <laughs> with um, with my mom and dad as well, which is really cool. So, yeah. So it was just nice to be able to do that. Mm. But as part of that trip, we went to the Cliffs of Moher and you're going to have to tell everybody about that experience, Matt. Oh, that was fine. It's a bit of fun though, especially at this time of year when you're expecting summer. The day could be great. For us, it wasn't great, but again, still fun. So the Cliffs, uh, there's a common car park that you go to. I think it was like 12 euro to park there and then there was an entrance fee as well. Whereas we went 
the back way on recommendation from the Airbnb we were in. And that was like an honesty box for the car park, which was great. Mm -hmm. The walk up though was quite long. And because of the position of the cliffs in relation to the road, and as it was a very windy day, it was pretty much like walking up a wind tunnel to the point where we had to actively fight the wind on the way up. We were pushing into the wind and the wind was forcing us backwards. Yeah. 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 But we got there in the end. I think it probably took about 10 or 15 minutes to walk up a 200 meter track. But um, Vertically. And we got to the top and we saw the cliffs, yeah. but we didn't, we didn't go much further because there wasn't a particularly large amount of safety no. in the paths as far as they might have been from the cliff, cliff's edge. Yeah. We just, um, we kind of about based and yeah. decided to go back, which was a very easy walk back. Yeah, because we were being pushed I back think. down. <laughs> yeah, they said, all right, you're done, off you go. And we were literally running because the, rain, the wind was pushing us so hard we were able to run back down. But yeah, at the top, we were clinging to each other to try and get photos of it because we were like, well, we've come this far. We need to acknowledge that we've come this far. But it was a very Irish summer's day. It was a good trip. It was great. It was great. And we went and had a nice cup of tea after that and just kind of settled ourselves a little bit. But we also stopped. uh, We stopped in Doolan. We had a great dinner, but we stopped just in the village of Fenor, outside the village of Fenor, to see John O'Donoghue's grave. And I have read a lot of his work over the years. He's the writer of Anamkara, Benedictus, a number of books. I think he's he's very, very well known in Ireland and across the world, but he's like a superhero in Australia. He's quoted all the time in Australia. People adore mm. him there. And um, so I stopped to or we stopped and found his grave. It's actually a little bit hard to find because uh, he's buried with generations of his family. So it's an older grave. Yeah, he has many different hats, like he's a poet, he's a philosopher, he's a wise sage and a thinker. But on his gravestone, there was a quote from one of his poems, which was called Morning Offering. And it's just really stuck with me because I feel like it represents very much what we're doing. But also, I think what anybody making the journey to Ireland or back to Ireland is doing as well. May I have the courage today to live the life that I would love, to postpone my dream no longer, but do at last what I came here for and waste my heart on fear no more. And it's both a lovely epitaph to have at the end of your life, but it's also a lovely way to live your life if it's at all possible to do so. Hmm. It sounded like he had a lot to give in life and now also in death. Absolutely, yeah. He's going to be one of those people that's as well known, like as W.B. Yeats and Seamus Heaney. He's just going to be one of those legends, I would say, that lives on in the Irish consciousness. He also contributes a lot to magical, mystical Ireland, the and land of the Lepretians and the fairies. As it turns out, there's a lot of John O'Donoghue's as well. Oh, so many. So <laughs> proceed with caution. <laughs> so the last big bit of news logistical news that we've got this week is that we have secured our rental in the location that we intend to live in the west of Ireland. Woohoo! Come on, the west. Yeah. Now, we did reference it before talking about how much we've been so thankful to accomplish Mm -hmm. in five and a half weeks, but this is a big one. Mm -hmm. Massive. A a lot of people would be thinking about how to do this Mm -hmm. with the housing market as it's currently in its current state in Ireland at the moment. 
it's very hard to find rentals mm-hmm. because the cost is so high, but the demand is even higher than that. Yeah. So you might be paying. I think I think we discovered paying double what the rent was four years ago. Yeah. For the the particular property that we had, but it's going to depend on the city that you're in, mm-hmm. how much that rent will be, and how much the demand is as well. Like we definitely are not living in Dublin, mm-hmm. but the demand there would be so huge because so much, so many jobs are there, so many families are there, the population density there is huge, mm-hmm. so the demand would just be massive. So we felt incredibly lucky to be able to secure a rental as quickly as we did. Yeah. Now we did start the process a month ago. Literally mm-hmm. a week after we arrived back, we started the process. And the fact that we are living, you know, a couple of hours drive away from where we are going to be living. So the fact that we're living now a couple of hours away from where we're going to be living meant that we had to sort of pick our times to go and look at rentals. Um, and that that obviously had to be considered as part of it as well. I think the biggest part is that we went there, though. Mm-hmm. The rental agency that we went with that were brilliant. Amazing. They changed their operations and how they do their rental property marketing stuff to almost entirely word of mouth or in-person visits. Correct. Where normally you'd expect to see the properties up for rent on daft.ie and a bunch of other real estate sites that are common to Ireland. That wasn't the case with this one. Although I did see a couple Mm. online at some point Mm -hmm. for this particular real estate agency, but you know, we, we found them visiting the city a month ago for the first time. Yeah wandered in and they were like, yeah, we got pew pew, we got two properties here that, you know, you could have a look at, potentially a third. We'll see what happens when they become available to look at. We'll organize a time and and just left our ni- names and numbers and it was kind of organized from there. Yeah. And I, I think a big part of it is they actually want to meet the people. Like a couple of different people we've seen have created like renting CVs almost to email to uh, rental agents in in Ireland. And I think that's a really, really good idea. It's definitely a way to kind of get your name out there and get your foot in the door. But I think just going into the rental agency, which I know is easier said than done if you're not in the country, but going in, having a conversation, creating a rapport, because, Mm. you know, even the agency, they said to us themselves, like, we've completely changed our process since COVID. We don't put um, our rentals up online. We want to meet the prospective renters and kind of get a feel for them. And yeah, we walked in the door, we chatted to them and it, they were just straight away, oh yeah, we've got this one, Hang about, how about this one, what, what about this option? Obviously, the thing about it is, is that not every rental that is available is necessarily going to suit the situation for the person looking for the rental. So one of the very first ones that we was floated to us via email was just way too big. It was, mm. it was a a huge, huge house with lots of large rooms and would have been perfect for a very big family. But we were thinking, right, we're going to have to heat this house in the depths of winter and we don't even need half the space. So we're going to be spending a lot of money heating it without actually using it. So probably not for us. But if there was a family that had, you know, two or three kids looking for a place to stay, that would have been perfect. Exactly. So the, the rentals that are available are not necessarily going to suit every permutation of people who are looking. Yeah, getting the rentals as we did, like we, we managed to be able to get across and have a look at them. And that was that was actually something that came up in the recent a recent post on expats, the Facebook group. In fact, it might have been a chat message. I can't remember, but there was someone who was going to be moving back in Cork mm. and he put a call out after after his one friend 
there wasn't able to look at a place for them, mm-hmm. whether anyone in the group was mm-hmm. going to be able to check out the rental property for them mm-hmm. because they weren't going to be in the country yet, which was brilliant, obviously, for yeah. the group that someone was able to to do that for them is is excellent. Yeah. But being physically present in the country, that has to be the biggest thing that that will make sure that you get a rental when you can. Yeah. And the other thing that they're probably thinking about nowadays, not putting it all on real estate websites, or if they are, they're probably cautiously so, is because people from other countries would lock in these rentals. Mm. And then in the past couple of years, their country may have locked down Mm -hmm. and they would have to pull back on that rental agreement. So Mm. they may not want to, they may have a different process now based on that experience to to make sure that there are people who are going to be moving into these homes instead of, you know, leaving them with false hope. Exactly. We were kind of sensory information about four potential rentals. Mm. Uh, one of them we got photos for, and that was the one that we vetoed because it was just far too big. So the other three we had to actually see to know anything about it. We were just given a bare kind of description of it. It's this type of property. It's got this many bedrooms. So there was one that we saw that we really, really liked, but we were pipped at the post. Somebody took it ahead of us, which is totally fine. But there was a bit of a, oh, okay. And then there was a like, well, it wasn't meant to be. We're just going to have to move on. And then we looked at an older terraced house and then we looked at a newer kind of brand new brand new spec apartment townhouse type thing and yeah we've chosen the one that we feel is best suited to us has what we require and it has a good vibe about it it feels like it's been loved Mm. and cared for for quite a number of years and yeah I think I think it's going to be good and it's close to everything we needed to be close to so we do Mm. feel incredibly lucky to have it but that being said we we had to jump on it. Otherwise, we wouldn't really have had an option. And there was no guarantee that more rentals were going to come up before work begins. So you do kind of have to go, okay, is it ticking most of my boxes? Yes. Great. Okay. Then we got to go for it. I think that's the thing too. Being there is the best thing. Being in close proximity is awesome and being able to see it, but they're not going to hang on to it for you. No. Not because, you know, they're going to go with the who will pay the most or it's not competitive like that mm. but they literally can't there are too many people looking for properties to to stay in and, and to rent so you kind of have to jump on it really quick if it has what you want then go for it but if it doesn't then leave it and move on yeah and i think i think we are you know relatively easy to house being that it is two adults no kids no pets yeah. obviously it, you know there there are more complicated scenarios out there but we do feel incredibly lucky that we're here a couple of weeks and that we have we have a place to move into and that we will be moving in relatively soon. Yeah, it'll be a couple of weeks. Yeah. So the podcast can change again. You might hear different noises <laughs> in the yeah. next place that we're living. But yeah, we're just very grateful and we're we're very proud of the fact that we've managed to make it happen in a relatively short space of time. Mm. Before we left Australia, there was a couple of friends getting in touch who live in the vicinity of where we're going to be living saying, oh gosh, Bernadine, there's not much out there to rent. Oh, Bernadine, oh God, oh Jesus, oh maybe you won't have a place to live. And we were in the depths of it in trying to get our house rented out over there and trying to pack up our lives. And I just thought, you know what, this isn't something I'm going to worry about. And I just sort of made the decision, which is like very easy to say, I made the decision that no, this is not going to be something I'm going to worry about. I'm just going to trust that word coming up again that everything's going to be okay. I'm not going to panic about it. 
And my gut feeling was that's going to be okay. And I kept coming back to uh, a saying that very often enters my mind. I actually don't know who said it, but uh, it's something that I've referred to for many years. And it's that worrying is like rocking in a rocking chair. It feels really good, but it doesn't get you anywhere. And so I just decided I'm not going to rock in a rocking chair on this one. We're just going to trust that it's going to be okay. And sure enough, it has worked out. So I know there's probably a lot of people listening who this is an area that you are concerned about and and potentially a bit panicked over. And I can totally understand that. And there there are ways to obviously, you know, get things moving before you come home. But just that realization that when people in agencies meet you, they will be, you know, able to hopefully send you some options you know, that you won't find yourself without anything at all, without any possibilities. In Dublin, it's obviously a little bit trickier. um, But as you move further out into the country of Ireland, there are options out there. And ultimately, please God, you will get something that gives you a little foothold in your home country or in the country that you're moving to. So the key tip there being plan for it, but don't worry about it. Yeah, as far as possible. Trust in God, but lock your car. That's another one that I say a lot, but that's actually one of my own. That's that's not somebody else's name. That's mine. Bernadine TM. <laughs> well, that's probably all we want to cover for this week. It's not too much more to talk about. We've covered a lot of things, though, for anyone still prospecting their way to coming back to Ireland. <laughs> planning for gold. <laughs> yeah. Planning oh, for gold. Planning for gold, Matthew. Excuse us. That is awesome. It's the sound of dusting shoulders. What do you want to do? Play county. Well done. Well done. Well done. Great drawing out today. It's all right. They'll know now <laughs> in the show notes, and I probably pumped pumped something in earlier. But anyway. Don't you know, pump it up. You pump it up don't you? Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> so, musical interlude. <laughs> that was Bernadine performing. Boxing. And I have been Matt. And this has been episode 10. That's Slauncher. Slauncher. And don't forget, guys, just like those f***ing candles. Really enjoy yourselves. Make yourself a nice cup of tea. Order something from Tea Tonic. Get an insurance policy with Healy's. Live your best life in Ireland. <laughs>